This podcast is proud to be part of the TalkSport Fan Network. TalkSport. Powered by fans. Ready to pop the question? The jewelers at BlueNile.com have got sparkle down to a science with beautiful lab-grown diamonds worthy of your most brilliant moments. Their lab-grown diamonds are independently graded and guaranteed identical to natural diamonds, and they're ready to ship to your door. Go to BlueNile.com and use promo code LISTEN to get $50 off your purchase of $500 or more. That's code LISTEN at BlueNile.com for $50 off. BlueNile.com, code LISTEN. The TalkSport Fan Network is proudly supported by McDelivery, bringing you the food you know you love. McDelivery brings a top-tier lineup of food right to your door. No matter the result, unlike the Owls, you'll always be winning with McDelivery. So there's only one thing left to say. What's everybody having? Order now on the McDonald's app and you can also get rewards points delivered too. So that ordering today means you'll get some tasty rewards later on. And between you and me, if you order just before kickoff, you can get it just in time for half time. But I've not told you that. Only via the app at participating restaurants. 18 plus rewards registration required. Points only on menu items. Delivery free and terms apply. See mcdonalds.com. See you later. So here it is, the uh, full extended version of the Lewis Buxton interview. Uh, keep a listen out for the, you know, the, the knob gags and the uh, obvious sexual tension between uh, Vic and, uh, and Lewis there. That's always fun to listen to. Uh, here it is. Here it goes. So tonight we have a very special guest on the podcast. Um, I've been trying to probably get this guy on the phone for the last decade of my life um and it's never actually happened so mr lewis buxton good evening good evening <laughs> how are you that doing was a, that was a warm round of applause <laughs> I don't, don't it was like it was like yeah, you know when they go back. live I'm, yeah like live and kicking where they go oh we've got cavana and then he's in the back and three kids just start clapping like that you know what i mean that's like when you come on the sub and no we one really wants week. you to come on yeah. Okay, Lewis, what are you up to now? Uh, I'm a coach now. I'm a coach and consultant um, and a trainer. So, um, so yeah, where are you doing a bit that? Of, uh, we do it with companies. I do it with um, on the coaching side. I'll just do um, people local to me and um, some managers. Um, and players so it's all based around um mindset so it's hx with uh-huh. this human experience that's the 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 basis of it all so it's a bit bit different to playing football but i'm enjoying it and obviously like you use instagram quite a lot and the lewis books and i remember never even went near facebook or anything like that so you you've obviously stepped into the 21st century and you, you, you're doing a lot of the social media now as well, aren't you? Yeah. Well, when I played, I just, I didn't do anything, to be honest. I didn't post anything. And it was like, I don't know, I guess I didn't grow up with it. So I don't know. I just didn't, didn't go with the times, I think. I think I was a bit um, stiff. I didn't want to like put myself out there too much. Do you know what I mean? When you some people, some some of the other players that I've uh, that I've spoke to in the past, they uh, yeah, they normally go down the route of I'm just not after feedback. Do you know what I mean? Like they just yeah. go, yeah. I just, well, if it can I go be uncomfortable. If you're a pl- if you're a player, it can be for some players it, it's uncomfortable. You know, it's that not in their nature to be like out there and um just talking to anybody. But for me, I like 
since I've stopped playing football, I've done coaching with like 60 year old women I've never met. And like, <laughs> like, you know, every different person you can imagine. So I'm not bothered anymore what people think. And I think when I played, I probably was bothered a little bit, you know, otherwise I would have done it. You were quite quiet and reserved in from whatever I saw, like, especially doing the media stuff with you, you were, you were one of the quiet yeah. ones in the group. <laughs> Yeah, I was. I think I, I kept myself to myself most of the time, you know. I I, I worked really hard at um, Wednesday, but I think, yeah, looking back, I could have probably enjoyed myself a little bit more than I did. And after I did my training, uh, part of it is that you kind of evolve as a person a little bit. And now I just realise, like, you know, you are what you are and you just put yourself out. People don't like it, they don't like it. I suppose, like, if, like, us three, like, normal folk, if I got home from work, and I got messages yeah. in my inbox saying, God, you wrote a really shit press release today. Or, God, that was absolutely <laughs> awful. I wouldn't want to go into work tomorrow. Like, don't get me wrong, that does sometimes happen. <laughs> but I just wouldn't want to go in. So I, I really, I do get it. And, you know, we see on Twitter, especially at the moment, you know, us guys always get people tweeting us abuse. Me, probably more than most people. I'm fudge. Uh, but that's more justified. Um, but, but like, so we get a lot of stuff, and I think I'm just someone who does a podcast and goes on Sky Sports every so often. So to imagine yeah. the amount of abuse that players get, and their wives yeah. and people that are on Twitter as well. I know um, Forestieri's wife. I just, if I was her, I just wouldn't bother. Why? What does what do they say about her? Well, she Am just gets all the stick for him. Like... No, like if right. he if he does anything wrong. She gets yeah. the stick, and it's just like you oh, know. Right. At the end of the day, when he's not at work, he's just a husband, and people. That's what don't that's what you want, that. though. If that's mm -hmm. what you want as a footballer, like my view on it's changed massively. Like if I if I started again, if I started playing now, I would want people not to like me because if you if you're not out there, and people don't know about you, then you're not doing you're not doing your job. Do you see what I mean? So the more successful you get the more stick you're going to get. You're going to get more praise as well, but you're going to get stick if you're doing well. Do you mean like in a in like a kind of way that like Zlatan Ibrahimovic has his fair share of, you know, people that absolutely love him, he can do no wrong, as well as people that can't abide the ground he walks on? Do, do you know what I mean? Like that, that kind of pantomime villain type of thing? Well, not really that, just percentage-wise. Like if you if you've got like 50 people following you and you're a, professional footballer playing in the championship or premiership you know when your account's open then it's probably because you're barely getting a game but if you're playing every mm. week and you've got a million people checking your page out or whatever then the chances are 20 percent of them are not going to like you just because for whatever reason you know because you've got more money than they're, they're jealous of their lifestyle or they're from a rival team or they just don't like them as a person or whatever it is you know so whatever you do in life, you're always going to get people that don't like you. So that's that's part of the deal, I think. Uh, fair enough. It now, it's, it's like creating a character, though. A lot of current footballers, when, when Fudge was mentioning like Ibrahimovic, a lot of it has got to be a persona and a character that's, that's played out in the in the media, in the social media, just to yeah. create people talking, like you're saying. And you can be your own person with your, your own close friends and your family, but... The, the the social media side of you has to be one extreme or the other. You have to be, you know, the, the villain of the piece or the, the best person in the entire world. Because if people are talking, then you're, you're creating your own brand and you're, you're getting people looking yeah. at you. 
and bonuses yeah. and all that, perhaps. Yeah, definitely. And I think like when players um, transition, they're going to want to do something else. They're either going to want to go like David Prutton and be a commentator on, uh, well, he's more of a host, Prutts, to be fair, or they're going to go into something else. But it's just going to help if you've got a, you, people know who you are in the first place. Do you know what I mean? You've got a leg up in whatever you do, even if you're, you know, I don't know, whatever whatever job people end up doing, whatever it is, if people know you are, you've got a chance. Absolutely. I've just derailed a meeting today, actually, really well. Uh, people know who I am in that meeting, so uh, that's worked. I know what you mean. It's better than being anonymous. Well, that's it, isn't it? You know what I mean? Yeah. That, that's that's what I go with. You know, stick a few inappropriate gags in, and we're uh, we're all Wednesday. <laughs> so, so moving forward, then let's let's talk let's talk about Sheffield Wednesday. So, yeah, was there something that attracted you to Sheffield Wednesday? I mean, you know, there were rumours at the time that we were paying big wages. Is there any is right. there any truth to that? Is that what the you know the draw was or anything like that? Uh, no, <laughs> oh. unfortunately not. But. Um... No, I went. I was. I wanted to play. I'd been injured for a long time. I was at Stoke. I'd had a back operation. I didn't know whether I was going to play football again. And um, I got back fit, and I wanted to play football because I was just bumming around, not playing games in the first team. So they said, "Do you want to go out on?" Tony Pulis was a manager at the time. He just said, um, "You know, there's an opportunity to go out on loan." And I said, "Yeah, okay then." And I, I knew it was going to be difficult because I was. Um, you know, I wasn't, I wasn't at my best. So yeah, um, I just, I just took the opportunity. Were you, uh, were you surprised when, when we came in for you? Were you? Did you think, oh wow, or did you think? I mean, we weren't great at the time, were we? I mean, it's, it's not like we were riding high. Uh, did you, did you feel that if you, what, what was perceived at the time, took that small step down? Did you see that as, uh, as a way of going forward in your career? Uh, yeah, I wouldn't really say it was a, a, a massive stepped down, you know, because obviously Stoke had gone into the Premier League, but I'd been injured and Stoke had gone from when I arrived, they were like a middle of the road championship club. And eventually Tony got sacked and then he come back in and took um, new players in that then took it to another level. Do you know what I mean? So in that mm. time, I'd have had to be training every single day, working hard to keep up with that level. But I wasn't, I was, I was injured. So I was still sort of middle of the road championship. Wednesday came in and, um, yeah, they, they were doing sort of a sim, similar thing, you know, just knocking around in the championship, not, didn't have much, um, financial backing. They were swapping between trying to get somebody to take over. So, um, you know, it was about right. And I had to come up to the level of lads at, at Sheffield Wednesday, to be honest, because I was, I was still, um, I wasn't quite there at that point. Yeah, I mean, I mean it, it, it was uh, quite a tumultuous time for it. Tumultuous is, is that the word? I don't know. It was. It, we were having a rubbish time. <laughs> uh, Either that or that's some sort of seasoning. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I think it is. I, I think you put it. In, I think you put it in courage with a bay leaf. Um, <laughs> I tell you what, Vic, I'll let you pick the next one. Up you. Uh... So all right then, Lewis. So you moved. Obviously, you were you were at Pompey, weren't you, for quite a long time. Um, and then obviously went up to Stoke, and then you moved to Sheffield. How old were you when you came to Wednesday? Uh, I, think only, I don't know. It must have been twenty four, five years older than me. So. I must have been twenty five or six or something. So you moved here like on your own. It's a whole new city. How how did you find it? Like, did the club like we 
I know, obviously, mm. like Lindsay Taylor's been there or Lindsay Hinton, whatever. Yeah. Uh, she's been there forever um, and she helps yeah. people settle in. But she's still is there, there now. Some yeah. sort of, she is, yeah, yeah. She's yeah. big time now. Um, but is there, is, is there somebody in place that kind of helps you out and settles you in and looks after you? Because, you know, as a young guy mm. who has been through, let's be honest, from being probably 14, 15, you know, you are you're just in a bubble and everyone's telling you the best player in the world and you're going to do this and that and the other. And then all of a sudden you're just thrown into a new city. How, how do you go about doing that? Like what happens? Uh, uh, you just turn up and get on with it. It's just like, there's no one, I think it, I don't know, maybe at other clubs now, maybe at Wednesday it's different now, but you know, it's just, you turn up, you get on with it. You've, you find somewhere to live and do it all yourself. It's not like um, no one's holding your hand. You know, if if you wanted, Lindsay was is obviously good. If you if you want um, someone to hold your hand and find you a place to live, that kind of thing. But um, yeah, once you've done the basics, it's more like you just find your own way. Do you know what I mean? Whereas I think at other clubs, probably Premiership clubs, it's a lot more structured. You know, there, there's no real yeah. structure to it. It's just Talk to Lindsay if you've got a problem, and Lindsay will sort things out. But I, you know, <laughs> so, so yeah, I'm not surprised she's, she's still there. Yeah, she's she's still there. She's yeah, she does a good job. Um, but like, so isn't that really daunting? Just being thrown into a new city at like 24, 25 years old, and just kind of told like this is your new like workmates. This is what you do every day. You're going to be playing in front of twenty thousand people who. On a good day, it'll be great to you. On a bad day, we'll make you feel like the most hated man on the planet. Like, it's got to be a pretty scary situation to go into. Yeah, I think you get, as a young lad, you get kind of used to it after a while because obviously you start at like 15 and you're 16 into like a professional football club. And then bit by bit, the crowds get bigger and what you've got to do. Like, I can think when I was, um, I don't know, if, 14 or something 15 I would my mum would drop me off at the boat and then sometimes there's like four <laughs> other lads you'd go and get a boat with they didn't turn up one day so I'm like getting the boat um over to Portsmouth getting off getting a bus to training and then like I don't know must have been seven Wait. it's like rain, raining at seven at, at night and then turning up at an astroturf and the He's like, and I didn't take enough money to get a taxi. So I never took that bus route before. Things like that. You just have to like, from them days, you've, you've worked out that in football, it's like no one really gives a lot of people. No one gives a shit. So you've just got to find your mm -hmm. own way. Do you know what I mean? So it's mm -hmm. not like people, I think obviously a lot of clubs these days have, have switched on and they know that it's, you've got to look after people a bit better than that. Whereas in, in them days, it's just like, Kids are like fodder and, um, you know, you've got to be pretty, um, tough to find your way in that, in that environment, I think. So are you from the Isle of Wight then, Lewis? Is, is, is that what you were, you yeah. used to go over on the catamaran to South Sea? That's it. Yeah. What have you been there on the school trip? Or uh, uh, well, yeah, <laughs> I, I, like the catamaran. I live in, I live in Southampton, so it's either the red jet or the catamaran. Oh, it's either yeah. one or the other. Oh, yeah, so yeah. I, 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 sorry, Dave, I've, I've, I've stopped your question off there, but I need to, I need to clear something up here. Do you know the right. <laughs> right? Can you tell me why people down here call each other mush and dinlo? Why right, mush? 
yeah, yeah. it's just a Pompey thing. Yeah. All right, Mush, it's just like, all right, mate, isn't it? And there's um, Dinlo is just like, you're an idiot or, a, <laughs> you know, I, I don't know. But it's just one of those things, isn't it? It's just a local been able to get me head round is that, like, you know, if you uh, said mushy peas, you'd say mushy peas with that with that dance around the vowels that you're still going to do. But for some reason... But for some reason, when they say mush, they say it like a northerner. Do you know what I mean? <laughs> no, they say, ever... oi, mush. They, they're like, ooh, ooh. That's what you yeah, say but... on the Ola White, people like, ooh, ooh. Yeah, but you don't say, all right, mush. <laughs> you say, all right, mush. And I find out, like, why do you say that? It's weird. It's weird. It so, is you know... weird. It was weird. There must be some of them up there. In Sheffield, I wasn't sure they got at least, they got a load of them. <laughs> yeah, I think, like, I think. Yeah, but did it freak you out the blue. first time a grown man called you love? <laughs> love. <laughs> I yeah, liked it. <laughs> Go on, Dave. I'll, 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 sorry, mate. Cut you off there, pal. Cracking. Not at all, mate. I, I'm quite happy for you to go through the sort of uh, peculiarities of the English language in the South Coast, but uh, I was going <laughs> to ask Lewis if there's anybody from the world of football, obviously, particularly his time with Wednesday, if, uh, if there's anybody you're still in touch with or you still engage with. Yeah, yeah. Well, one of my best mates. Um... In football is, uh, well, in anything is Carl Henry and he used to, we met at Stoke and he played, um, he played at Wolves in the Premiership and he was captain there. So we talk like, I don't know, we used to talk every day, but probably about three or four times a week. Uh, Daryl Russell, who was another player at Stoke who played at Norwich. Uh, every now and then from Wednesday, oh, I think, I spoke to Paul Corey not that long ago. He was trying to sell me something, actually. <laughs> he was trying to trying to be nice to me, but he was, <laughs> he was, he was trying to sell up, me don't something. Don't build up contacts and then not, when you go into your next line of business, go, listen, I've got a load of suckers. I mean, I've got a load of possible customers here that I can That's use. That's it. <laughs> he was trying to hustle me. Uh, um, <laughs> and um, who else? Koki, I spoke to Koki. He's, he's on iFollow on Saturday. Yeah, I, I, I saw that advertised actually. Yeah, um, has uh, has Lee Bullen tried to sell you an house or anything like that? As uh... <laughs> no, is he is he still is he still an estate agent? Does he still do that? Oh, on yeah, the side? well, he's he's assistant manager, but his wife is still Spencer's estate agent. And uh, do you know what? Yeah. Like, if you ever want to go on right move, and like, because I I'm always decorating my house. If you ever want to go on right move and like look up nice houses, just look up Spencer's. Because everything they sell is just unbelievable. I don't know where they're getting these customers from. Well, it's, it's like Louis says, two right? bed terraces. Like, it's like Louis says, you're just ringing up your mates and going, like, you know, I'm yeah. trying to flog this by house, like, you know what I mean? And if yeah. and if and if the I manager of the youth team or the assistant manager or the third time caretaker says, buy this house, you go, yes, gaffer, of course, that's exactly what I'm going to do. I'm, I'm going to need me to buy this week, like, you know what I mean? Yeah. <laughs> Kadeem Harris signed on for nothing, but it cost him a million pounds in property in yeah. Netherrealm. A two down neck into it. <laughs> so, so I'll tell you what then, Lewis. Let's um let's get right into it then. So um now Gary Meg Gary Megson um was yeah. uh, was in charge during a, a period of yours and um and was sacked unceremoniously yeah. after the after a one 0 win against Sheffield United. Did you 
Mm. Did you get an inkling? Did he know? Did you know that that was going to be his last game? Because there was a, a certain amount of rumours circulating at the time, wasn't there, that he'd already gone and that, and he already knew he was going and all the rest of it. And the, the, you know, the badge tap and the arm wave were all him saluting the fans and saying bye. Did you, did you get any sense of that at the time? Did you know anything that we didn't? Uh, yeah, you got a little sense of it. I think in the game, I can't remember what game it was that was his last game. I don't know if you've got it there. It was, it was uh, against Sheffield United, Lewis. You, you assisted in the one goal win. <laughs> oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> it, was, but, yeah. it was a pretty well, big deal to before, us, but, you know, whatever. That <laughs> <laughs> no, was for me. I just couldn't remember. But, um, yeah, the game before, he mentioned something either before the game or after the game, which meant that he knew something was going on. So, yeah, you could... I wouldn't say you knew he was going to get sacked, but you knew there was a problem and, you know, whatever exactly happened, I'm not sure, but it's something was said that that caused a problem between him and the chairman. And I think and it was, a, was, it, was it a loss or a draw away at Chesterfield, I think, the game before was or something like that. I mean, a real... That was it, yeah. yeah. A real career-threatening result, to be fair, you know what I mean? But... Uh, but yeah, we kind of we had a stuttered, stuttered season to at that, at that point. I mean, how did you find Mego? I mean, was he was he what you'd really call old school, or was he are, are we are we tiring him with a brush? And he was quite progressive. Like for example, Sam Allardyce is always uh, you know, renowned for being a half pint of wine gravy drinker when he actually did bring in a fair amount of you know new age thinking and stuff like that. I mean, how how old school was Gary Megson? Um, well, in some regards, I guess it's considered old school. Did he take you up school. to the back he, of the he would car? Tell you. That's what, that was the old story. He did, yeah. To take the players yeah, like <laughs> Did he really? No, well, what he did is he took us into um, the cop and we all sat there and he was talking about something. I can't remember. Well, we just sat there. I can't remember what was going on, but we all went there and stood and sat there. But to me, that was... Um, that was quite clever because I think there was a bit of a gap from the season before between the fans and the players a little bit because um, you know what it's like if, you, if you're if you playing badly you're going to get stick and then sometimes lads were turning up and I think Hillsborough became a bit of a, we were doing better away at times than we were at home because um, the lads weren't dealing with that um, pressure that well and then I think we started training at Hillsborough sometimes. I don't know what, it would be good to hear his take on it, but we were training at Hillsborough sometimes. We went up into the cop and we just sat there. I can't remember what we were doing. But I think there's something about that that just gives you a different perspective sometimes and you get to see it a bit more from a fan's point of view. And I think sometimes clubs miss out on that, bringing the fans and the players closer together. And the fans, there's a bit of a... Not a divide, but there's not a complete unit there where you look at clubs like, you obviously have to win, but you look at clubs like Liverpool and it's real tight, you know, between the manager, the fans, the players, the community and everything. It's really tight. And um, obviously you've got to win and it helps if you win the Champions League. But, you've, you know, having that, I think there's something to be said for it. And I think he knew the value of that. So I think he turned that round a little bit. and. Um, He's like part of the club himself. You know, he's played for the club. He lives in the city. So it, um, he brought like a bit of a different perspective, I think. And he would, he would tell you, you know, if you were 
I think I remember one time we were playing like I think Leighton Orient away or something. And um, big game. Yeah, big match. And um <laughs> big match live. And um I was sat there, I can't remember I don't know if we lost or something that we were not doing doing the best. And um he started ra- ranting and he just said to me, he goes, you, he goes, you, you look like you're doing me a favour out there on the pitch. And um, he gave me a bit of stick, but um, he knew when to do it. I think he didn't do it all the time, but he knew when somebody needed a kick up the backside and he knew the yeah. players that he couldn't do that with. So I think his man management was very good. And a lot of play, a lot of managers, um, they can have be tactically astute and they can um, have all their formations laid out and, you know, just be so over analytical, but they lack that management style that I think that he had. You know, obviously you want to bring all that together, but I think he brought that in in spades. So I guess some people would say, "Oh, yeah, that's that's old school," but to me, it's um, he was a bit more refined than what people give him credit for. He's a bit of like one of the last gentlemen of football. I think we've we talked about this recently when uh, we have. He shall not be named Voldemort Steve Bruce. Um, when he came in and we were saying he <laughs> is literally like, you know, there's a generation of managers who are old school managers who, who, who do the man management thing and they will be your best mate, but also your dad on a day that you need them to be. And I think that was something with, with yeah. Steve Bruce that we, we, you know, we really, we really, really saw in him and we, we wanted to see that happening more. And Megson was linked quite a lot, actually, after Bruce got sacked. Well, Bruce, Bruce didn't get sacked. Bruce absolutely shafted the club. When he when he went <laughs> to Newcastle, Megson was like one of the top of the list to be the next manager, um, which yeah. was controversial. Like he literally splits the fan base down the middle um, because there are <laughs> oh, okay. there are the fans that say he's too old school, and there are fans that. Um, because you know he's a Wednesday fan himself. He's played for the club. He you know he lives and breathes Sheffield Wednesday. There are fans that would would take him back tomorrow, no questions asked. Yeah. Like it, it, it's strange because he is like there's well, this generation at... of managers that are going to disappear, and you've got these new managers coming through. Like you've got your Lampard with well, his Derby County. Yeah, but, yeah, but you look at you look at someone like you look at Wilder. You wouldn't say he's bought a bit of both of it. Oh. So he, he yeah. to me, he's got the sort of um, togetherness. I know it's going to be hard listening for some people to hear that, but the facts are he brought that group of people together. He obviously played a formation with three at the back and tactically outdid a lot of people. But he yeah. got more out of a set of players than probably... Um, their individual value, you know, their individual yeah. quality. He bought like the team out, so I think you you wouldn't really look. You, I don't know. Some people would say he's a little bit old school. The way he goes about mm-hmm. um, his press conferences and the way he talks and that kind of thing. But you know, to me, if you win football matches, everyone at the club is happy, and you're getting the best out of the players. That's it. Well, yeah, I mean, uh, we've talked about, you know, the Wilder situation before and we've said, you know, with, with Billy Sharp as well, you know, most clubs would die for that sort of, that partnership where you've got your club captain who's a diehard fan and your manager and they're doing it well, um, which we, yeah. you know, Megson was probably our last grasp at that. Obviously, 
that brings us on to probably the Brian Laws era, because obviously Brian's wife was a big Wednesday fan. He came in uh, just when I started working at the club. So how did you find working with him and Russ? Uh, well, they brought me into the club, so... You know, I was grateful for oh, them to give me an opportunity oh, yeah, to. Yeah, like, yeah. Yeah. I, well, I came, yeah, I came on loan and, um, and signed under him. So, yeah. Did I he mean, make, that's one thing that's been asked. Was it Brian Laws's decision or was it the chairman's decision of who was signed? I don't know. You know, you, I, no, you wouldn't know you unless you just turned you, up and signed, <laughs> signed your name on the line. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, the chairman wasn't there, but. You never know. You can never be never be sure. I guess the agents know better than that, better than the players in that situation. But yeah, I signed with him, him and Russ, and you know it was it was it was all right. But in the end, you know, you, if you get relegated, it's because you're not good enough. Um, there's only so much a manager can do, I think. If um, if hey, the, so, the players so, are not up to it. Sorry, mate. I'm just I'm I'm sitting there and I'm just trying to. Um... Go through these questions, and I apologise if you are speaking away there, Vic. But I was ah, curious because to speak of these these managers that you're working through at Wednesday, what was the highlight of the career? Was it doing those time at Wednesday, or was it elsewhere doing your footballing career? Uh, no, I I enjoyed my football most at Wednesday. I think I could have probably enjoyed it a bit more. I think at Portsmouth at the start of my career when I played, I was like 17. I got in the first team. Um, we had a manager called Graham Ricks and assistant called Jim Duffy. Graham Ricks had played for England and um, that was a real good point in my career because I'd come through the club there. Um, yep. I had lads that I'd lived in digs with that were in the first team with us and that was pretty cool. Um, but yeah, as ter in terms of where I played my best football, it was at Sheffield Wednesday and... Um. Yeah, I enjoyed it. I think I could have, looking back, I could have, you know, probably got more out of it. But um, and that promote, yeah, that that's that's where I enjoyed it there, the that, most. That Wickham game. Yeah, I think that, and I think the season after, um, I got player of the season the season after, and that was nice in the championship. Ooh. Uh, so, <laughs> so so that yeah, Just I know, that yeah. one in. <laughs> Humble brag. Wow. Yeah, but um, them two, them two things, yeah, they were probably the best, best couple of seasons. Um, the derby games as well. Um, so that was probably the most memorable thing in my career, probably. Yeah. Okay, so what? It was we'll all downhill after Wednesday, wasn't it? Yeah, it must have been. It was absolute whitewash after Wednesday. I can tell you that now. <laughs> if I actually Lewis, one of, the questions that, uh, one of the questions that somebody asked us was uh, why Rotherham. I mean, usually a lot of these things are. Uh, geographical yeah. location and stuff like that. I'm assuming that's why. Did you did you feel like you were cheating on Sheffield Wednesday at the time, or did you just think, well, they've just released Mr. Sodom? I mean, what <laughs> what was the uh, what was the thought process? No, nah, well, you know, I lived in Dromfield, yeah. so I didn't want to move. I just had a kid. Um, I just had my um, older daughter, and you know, I got an offer to to go there, and I went for it. I don't, you know. I might. I think when you're a player, I think you've got to look at what your options are, and if there's not a shitload of options, because like in my situation, I've been injured, mm -hmm. then you just you take what you can get. Do you know what I mean? You take the best opportunity you can get, and that was to play in the championship at Rotherham, 
um, decent little club. So I just went for it. Wednesday, Wednesday had let me go, and um, I was pissed off about that. To be honest, I was because <laughs> I'd played. Yeah, uh, to be honest, you know, I probably didn't say it at the time because, like you said, you get into a bit of a politician. Politician, but when I was there, I'd got injured too often. I understand why they did it, but I felt like they saw what I did every day, and I was I was a bit pissed off. They'd they'd done it, and just the way they'd done it as well. Like I said, in football, it's football can be lack um, humility sometimes, and I think. Uh, I, you know, this is just me speaking now as a what I what I think that if if I'm a manager of a football club or I'm a if I'm wh- whoever I am if I'm in charge of an organisation and somebody's you know given their all not saying you know not like a some of the top players that played at Wednesday but somebody who's given their all played you know quite a few seasons couple hundred games mm. I'm getting on the phone to him saying at least saying you know, look, we're letting you go, having a bit of longer chat. I, Stu did that, to be fair. He he called me up and um, to his office and said, we're letting you go. But it was like, I don't know, it was a bit out of the blue. One day he's like saying, we can't wait to get you back in the team. And then the next day he sort of like just drops out on me. So And then I remember we played um, a game after that. Um, I can't remember where it was. I'll come on a sub, Ipswich away, I think. And I was just pissed. <laughs> I was just pissed off, and I came on and um, a sub and give the ball away, and they scored. They scored, <laughs> and I was like, Fuck, "This sums it up." And um, <laughs> yeah, Stu said something, and I just made like an off the wall comment because I was so pissed off. Like it, it was, it was poor from me, and I think I said sorry after it. But you know, <laughs> I think um, that's the way it goes. Sometimes you get annoyed, don't you? Yeah, I guess so. Were his actual words were. We've got to let you go as such, or was as such included in any part of that conversation? <laughs> oh, yeah, because he loved that one, didn't he? Yeah. Oh, God. As such. But, yeah. But he did a good job. Stu did a good job. And, um, Follow me, he's doing well now, isn't he? Look at him. Yeah, yeah, he's a good guy, to be fair to him. It's just, um, I don't know. To me, I was just annoyed. And when you're annoyed, you just make it make more of it it's, I guess, it's your it livelihood and your career isn't it and you know and it's yeah. not like a lot of us in our careers where we've got you know i'm working till i'm 85 but you've got literally probably 10 years ahead of you that you've just got to you know if someone snatches that away it's going to be shit i'm sure imagine imagine yeah. being that yeah, pissed off you go and sign for rotherham I mean, come on. <laughs> <laughs> this will show him. Yeah, I'll, I'll show him. I'll show him. So I'm I'll moving you what... to S60. <laughs> so going, to, uh, going back to the change room, you must have had some characters. I mean, there was Gary Medine there for it. I mean, you know, was Gary Medine really yeah. as mad as a fish in petrol like he always came across? Or was that like an act he put on for the cameras? Or was he just a straight-up nutcase? Yeah, just straight up that case, yeah. That's all I nah, wanted to know. Nah. See you later. Thanks for joining us. <laughs> it's, it's, it's got to have been Chris Maguire, surely. He must have been the life and stuff. Nah, they were all right. They're just young lads. Do you know what I mean? Who've, um, you know, they're just, um, you get all sorts of different characters in football, but um, Gaz is a nice guy. Do you know what I mean? He was easy to get on with. Mm. Never really any, any trouble. Um, 
with him and other players. <laughs> Everyone <That's> likes. Debatable. <laughs> <laughs> what? Tets, give me an example. I can't think of who. Well, who did, did he, 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 he go to prison? No, while, I just while, mean, while you were playing with he, him. Pretty much, he, he broke somebody's Didn't jaw. He what? <laughs> no, <laughs> I'm, I'm saying. <laughs> yeah, but I'm I'm saying with other players, with these people we know. Oh, I wasn't. You know I, mean? I wasn't there when he went there. To be fair. Oh, okay. Well, I'm, he I'm saying with no colleagues. Trouble, but... Gary Medine is a lovely player. No, with I mean with colleagues. <laughs> you know, what I mean? obviously he was a loose cannon on the night out. He obviously, <laughs> did 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 what he did. But do you know what I mean? That's that that's just alcohol does that to people, doesn't it? Sometimes. So let's put a pin in that one. Oh, <laughs> that killed me. All right. Um, what about, what about Mickey Gray? Because Mickey Gray always stands Mickey out for Gray. me from when I worked at Wednesday. So he's got to yeah. stand out for you. He was hilarious. He was funny. Yeah, he was a funny guy. He was um, just full of energy. I think he was. He must have been about my age, what I am now, when he was still playing. Yeah. And he was just full of full of energy. Um, funny guy. Because he had a son and, um, that was just the exact same as him, but a little bit smaller. <laughs> he just followed him around yeah. all the time at the training ground. He was great. Did, uh, yeah. did yeah, he, he ever was tell just you a story? He, he, he got punched by Wayne Rooney. Did he ever tell you that story? Apparently, that was a thing that happened. Apparently, yeah. Barco. He can. Um, yeah, he just he's a wind up merchant. So when he's um, got somebody, he doesn't let him go. Sometimes, and I think maybe Rooney is probably the wrong person to do that with. <laughs> not exactly renowned for his uh, his temper is he all right so uh, before we wrap it up we've got some more um got some more questions I, I like we've got so who was the clown in the dressing room i know we spoke about gary medine and, and chris mcguire was there somebody that you really look back at and think you know that guy was really funny i really miss being around him he was good for morale and that type of thing what uh, wednesday yeah um I don't know. There was a lot of um, decent lads in the time that I was there. But, um, yeah, probably Mickey was probably the, the liveliest guy there. Mm. Can't think of... Um... Then you have players that are, do it in a different way that are, bring everyone together a bit a bit more, you know. So, I think I don't uh, know. Yeah, Mickey was probably the funniest guy out of, out of all of them. Yeah, the some of the... Uh, some of the banter used to see on Twitter, like, I used to really find Clinton Morrison quite funny. I remember Giles Coke, when he was on Twitter, yeah. uh, wrote something about uh, the programme Top Boy. And uh, and, and Clinton wrote... Yeah, and, yeah. and he wrote something like, Top Boy, great piece of TV, and Clinton wrote on it, and I'm going to do the accent, because you wrote it like this. He wrote on there, mm -hmm. Shut up, fam! You don't know about them things! <laughs> <laughs> I, can, I can imagine him saying that. <laughs> Yeah, well, he was only, he obviously didn't talk like that, but he was just on the wind up when he would talk like that, you know, <laughs> with Co with Koki, him, Koki, <laughs> that Daniel Jones, um, a few others around that time. That was, um, that was a good, there's a good set of lads there and they got on well. And yeah, Clinton was, I think Clinton again, that's the, some people would get a different perception of him, a bit like with Gaz, because obviously all people here with Gaz is, what he did, you know, and went to, you know, which he shouldn't have done, obviously, but they just remember that. And with Clinton, they see stuff in the media. But when you get to know these people, they're just normal lads, you know, that have mm. 
make mistakes like anyone Clinton's else. Clinton's the, the nicest bloke on earth. He's just yeah. so lovely. Well, he turned up... He's meant to be coming on the podcast. He's been promising that for about five years. And he still hasn't He turned up in it. his Bentley. I remember the first day he turned <laughs> up in his Bentley. I knew, I knew something was going on at Wednesday when people started turning up in Bentleys. Him and... Um, <laughs> Who else was it? Teeley. He turned up in a in a Bentley. But, um, <laughs> yeah. Yeah. He had some great cars, Gary Teeley. ridiculous. Yeah. I suppose they they've obviously done it at the at the top level, but I don't know. Amazing. Just when you you're not when you're not used to seeing that. Franny Jeffers as well. He was obviously there when when I was there, so you must have worked with him because he had a driver, didn't he? He had a driver for his Bentley. Yeah, a few people have had drivers that I've played with over the years in a even in a championship. Yeah, but um, it's always the lads that have made their money higher up. You know, that are dropping down. Mm. It's not like the lads. I always remember I took Franny Jeffers on a trip to a school that we were talking about reading. And on the way there, he was yeah. like, I can't even read. I don't know why I'm going. I was like, oh, brilliant. And <laughs> he managed to convince all of these children that he was literally the best England player ever because he had a 100% record. And it wasn't until I got oh, home one and I in thought, one. surely not. Yeah, and it was literally yeah. one in one. But the whole school yeah. went home like, honestly, Mum, today I met the best England player ever. He scored one like 100%. Every game he played, he scored for England. Yeah. And <laughs> Can't he, argue he with convinced them stats. an entire school. He's right up there with the... Seems like a nice segue, that... Uh, seems like a nice segue. Sorry, folks. Uh, just that it's a perfect opportunity to ask Lewis, who's the most overrated player he played with at Wednesday. Can't think why that came into my head. <laughs> the overrated? I don't know. I can't answer that, can I? Oh, I don't know. I don't know. <laughs> I, I, yeah, well, it, <laughs> actually, <good>. Franny Jeffers. <laughs> well, did, you, did, you, did you play alongside Jay Bothroyd for a bit as well? Yeah, I remember playing with Jay. It's a funny. You obviously you you've got him in in that bracket. Is that where you're coming from? Yeah. Yeah, but I mean, you know, he, he might he might have been a nice guy. I I doubt it, but you know, <laughs> you, you met a different Jay Bothroyd to the one we saw on the stands. A change. A changed man. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. Well, I got on all right with Jay, but obviously um, he turned up and wasn't fit. And I knew Jay a little bit from he when I was at Stoke, he turned up on, I think he was on loan or something. And his, he was one of them players that had so much talent that you could see he had more talent than everyone there who was playing at Stoke at that time. He like stood out like a sore thumb mm-hmm. in terms of his technical ability, but obviously that's not enough. You've got to have the drive and the um, fitness and the rest of that to go with it. And he turned up and he wasn't fit, so I think that's why Wednesday fans were so annoyed. And I remember one time I overlapped him one way and then overlapped him back the other way, <laughs> <laughs> and he was like, <laughs> the fans were like, because I've I've gone on. He stood there with the ball or something, lost the ball, and then I've, as I'm trying to overlap him, he's lost the ball, and then instead of him running back with whoever I'd just left, the left winger, he just stood there, and I rang back past him another like <laughs> forty yards to get my man. And I remember people on the side shouting at him, ah! and I just thought, oh my god, I've never done that before. Where uh, the old, the old he had all the ta- he had he had all the talent, you know, he had all the talent there. And he's one of those players that, um, in my opinion, 
could have got a lot more out of his his career than he did. I think I think he's right though. I think you know there's a, there's a definite attitude issue there. I mean with him and, and desire and and like, and like you say maybe maybe the fitness wasn't there. I mean it was only two or three years prior to him signing for Sheffield Wednesday he was he got he broke into the England squad when he was playing for Cardiff. So you know exactly the, the, yeah it, exactly. it was clearly there. But I, th- I feel it's going to go down as an opportunity missed. But uh, Vic. I like yeah. this question. I'm going to give you the last one to ask. Um, I'd love to hear. Oh, no, don't, because I've got two. Go on, then. I've got two that I need to ask. Go on, then. Right, so. Just go for it. One, Do it Lewis. quick. Right. And I, I, I will, because I'm very, very embarrassed to ask this. Um, how do you feel now that Sam Hutchinson is in the side and is probably yeah. the best-looking Sheffield Wednesday player that's ever existed and you've lost your crown? Do, do, do you um, do you hate Sam Hutchinson for that? I've um, I've put it out on Twitter tonight and on Facebook that obviously we're talking to you, and I've had a lot of love hearts from female fans. Um, but yeah, you know, Sammy Hutch kind of he, he took it, didn't he? Sa- how did Sammy how'd Hutch you feel about is that, that your like pet? Is that your pet name for him? <laughs> yeah, Sammy Hutch. yeah, that's, that's, <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Uh, the restraining do order. You say that to that his face. <laughs> uh, no, no. <laughs> but yeah, so well, that... he is like obviously the the poster boy of Sheffield Wednesday, but you were there. How how did that affect you? Did was it a big thing at the time? Obviously Tommy Spur was there, but he got all the blokes that thought he was just pretty. But were you He were got you all the what? Or every right, okay. So <laughs> <laughs> any, any female Wednesday fan that you ask, right? Shut yeah. up, Budge, mute yourself. Right? <laughs> so any female Wednesday fan that you ask will say, no, not yeah. Tommy Spur. But any male Wednesday fan will go, oh, yeah, he was so handsome. He was lovely. Oh, I would Tommy right, Spur. Right, okay. But actually, no, right. absolutely not. It was all about Lewis Buxton. So how do you feel now that Sammy's taken the crown? Does it does it bother you? Do you have a dartboard with his face on it or...? You, no, I'm just happy. If you're if you're saying that I had some sort type of crown, I'm I'm happy with that. I'm flat. I'll take that. It's a cardboard crown. Just, the, just yeah, yeah, I'll take that. I'll take any yeah. I'm not made so, of money, Lewis. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> and then my other question that I've been asked by quite a few people is: at any point during your like heights what, in the mountain what, that what, we've talked about, what do you like? What, what do you like about Hutch? What do you like about? Uh, Sounds touchy. Sounds jealous. Oh, I don't know. He's he just looks very well groomed, and I think <laughs> he is a well groomed man. He He's is, a well right. groomed man. Yeah, and you you were you know I don't know I don't know if you are now. I'm not going to judge, but you know. No, I'll, let, I'll let myself go now. I'll let myself go. <laughs> yeah, got married, had kids, all went to shit. Yeah, <laughs> exactly. <laughs> but then the other thing that people want to know is at any point, like. When your missus yeah. lets you do a bit of house housework or whatever, or you're yeah. just going for a run, or do you yeah. hum to yourself on the right, on the right, Lewis Buxton? No, but my friend still rings me up. He's like one of my best mates from school, and he starts singing it sometimes. <laughs> it just, <laughs> it just, it's just randomly out of the blue. Yeah, yeah, <laughs> yeah, no. Nah. I'm going to teach my kids it, yeah. Really They're just learning songs. That that- that's about you. I think that would be so strange. Oh yeah, about me. Oh no, yeah, yeah, it is weird. Yeah, but um, yeah, it's nice. It's a nice thing to have, isn't it? I think growing up as a kid, you would have obviously, you know, wanted a wanted to score a goal and play for the country or something. But 
to have a a group of fans sing your name is a is a nice thing, yeah. It's good. It's a good thing to have. Where did you score your goal? Was it was it QPR when you scored? When I scored. Oh, that the yeah. goal, yeah, yeah, QPR, yeah. Yeah. The one where I flicked yeah. over Joey Barton's head. Yeah. Yes. <laughs> good memories. Not that not that I'm not saying that like I've scored about a hundred goals. I think it was like six <laughs> goals or something. But yeah, it was um QPR. And I was playing against my mate actually. He got subbed, actually. He got subbed. You know, I so said Carl Henry. He was playing that day. So it was a good one to score. Amazing. Even better. Amazing. Mm. Lewis, thank you so much for being with us this evening on the show. Um, I I can't thank you enough uh, for uh, for giving us such a, a candid view of what it's like behind the scenes as a footballer. So, uh, without further ado, ladies yeah. and gentlemen, big round of applause for Lewis Buxton. Uh, again, Woo. going live. <laughs> <laughs> It's the 90th minute. You've got all your mates round. You've got your McNugget chair boxers coming down the left wing, ready to go. Your mate's already been booked for double dipping, and you steal the last nugget. Snatching all three points, back of the net. Lubosh! Automate delivery now on the McDonald's app. You in? At participating restaurants, 18 plus, serving times, delivery fee, and terms apply. See mcdonalds.com for more information. See you later! Ever catch yourself eating the same flavorless dinner three days in a row? Dreaming of something better? Well, HelloFresh is your guilt-free dream come true, baby. It's me, Kiki Palmer. Let's wake up those taste buds with hot, juicy pecan-crusted chicken or garlic-butter shrimp scampi. Mm. Hello Fresh. Stop dreaming of all the delicious possibilities and dig in at HelloFresh.com. Let's get this dinner party started. This podcast is proud to be part of the TalkSport Fan Network. TalkSport. Powered by fans.